Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to episode number 109 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. Today, we're going to be talking about how food can be used as a prescription and how it helps save the lives of a husband and wife. But first, we got to talk all about me, so cue the intro. How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. That's where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. All right. So I actually have a new intro in the works. It's been in the works for the last month. And then come to find out, Jackass hasn't even done it. So I'm going to find somebody new to get it done. And uh, we'll get that done. I've had that one for, for a year now. So there's been a lot of content. Over 100 other guests have been on here. So we're going to drum up some new content for you. So those of you that are new to the show, this is all about overcoming obstacles, defying the odds, and just kicking life in the throat no matter what it throws at you. And we all know it's going to throw stuff at you. So whether whether it's a race thing, whether it's a sexism thing, whether it's an age thing, whether it's an economic thing, you know, a uh, demographic thing, like it doesn't matter what that thing is, that thing can be beaten. And so the purpose of this show is I bring guests on from all walks of life, from all over the world to talk about how they got from where they were to where they are now. And today's going to be no different. So as you all know, I own, I own a gym. So that's one of the first things I do. And I'm transitioning into this, this podcast speaking kind of world. But, you know, dealing with fitness, it's, it's, always, it's always a touchy subject because people don't want to hear the truth. You know, right. So if someone has a BMI over 25 percent, you know, they're considered overweight. That is what what it is. Like it's not shaming or anything. If you be in if your BMI is over 30, you're obese. That is what it is. So when people come to me, I tell you the facts. Right. And how you process the facts is up to you. Right. So today we're going to be talking about food and how, how food can actually heal the body. You know, as it did for the two guests I'm about to bring on. But like as you're going through, I want you guys to take out a pen and paper and take notes, right? Don't poke holes in the story and worry about what works for you, what doesn't work for, for you. Zero in on what worked for them and how you can apply their experiences to your life, right? So that's the purpose of the show. Not just to hear me talk, not to just hear, hear the guests talk. Take what we're going to share with you and apply it to get you to a place where you want to be. All right, so who are these guests, you might ask? You know what? I'm actually going to let them do their own self-bio rather than me read the bio because I think they have they have a very unique story, and I think it would be better coming from them. So I don't want to hack it. So welcome to the show, husband and wife, Anthony and Stacy. Lo, I didn't ask them how to pronounce their last name, but I'm going to take a stab at it. Locasio. Hi. Do do? How are you? Thanks for having us, <laughs> Yeah, Locascio. We go. We go by the Locascio name. 
Bocaccio. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like, and and right before we went live, I even told myself, well, make sure you ask how to pronounce it, and I still didn't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's okay. All right. We're all here in Max. Where, where are you? I said that it's okay. We're all here, and that's what matters. We're here oh, to, yeah. to, to share good information with people. That's that. That's the deal. Exactly. All right. Where, where are you guys joining us from? We are coming to you from Ramona, California today. We're actually oh, okay. uh, reside in New York, but we're on uh, tour right now during the summer, uh, dancing, teaching dance, and you know, sharing our book with people. Awesome. Awesome. And so, all right, Stacy, I'm going to ask you you first. Just who who is Stacy? Well, um, she's a tap dancer. She cooks. <laughs> um, you know, I really, I, I feel like I came out of the womb dancing. Um, so I, that's, that's one of the main ways I identify is as a dancer. I do more than just tap dance, um, but it's my favorite. <laughs> okay. I like it. All right, Anthony, same same for you. You know, um, I am your classic native New Yorker. I grew up in Queens, New York. Um, the whole Italian Catholic thing growing up. Um, I was uh, in a dance studio in Queens, New York, Joe Stanford Dance Studio. I learned to dance. I learned to tap dance. That brought me on my journey to eventually, you know, did the whole – I went to an all-guy uh, Catholic high school, which was <laughs> which was, you know, brings its own things into your life. I eventually wound up in a show in, in Monte Carlo, and I opened up shows for Stevie Wonder, Natalie Cole, Earth, Wind, and Fire, which was a great summer there. And I stayed in dance, and I eventually became a tap teacher. I was in a show called Tap Dogs. And at one point, my body changed. I wasn't sure what was wrong with me. I discovered that I was internally bleeding. I went on a whole journey that led me to um, experience things in life I didn't expect I was going to experience. Eventually found food as a prescription, found my wife, found a doctor who helped uh, me bring these things into my life along with my wife and eventually wrote the book, Food as a Prescription. So there's a lot of stuff in there that we could talk about. Um, you know, <laughs> pick, pick one, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all right, so you were born and raised in Queens, New York. Stacy, where were you born and raised? I was born in Kansas City, Kansas. Also raised in Kansas City, Kansas. I left the day after my high school graduation oh, wow. to go do a show in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, and I was there for about two and a half months. And while I was there, I got a call from Sesame Street Live. Um, so I was home for about a month and then I left for tour. Um, and I ended up touring for four years, which was basically my college life. Um so <laughs> I, 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 happen yeah. to find, I happen to find the fact that she got to work with something as you know significant as Sesame Street live. Uh, pretty cool thing. You know, not, that's not a, a, an experience that a lot of people in life get to have. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So so you said that you were pretty much came out of the womb dancing. So yeah, has this, has this something that you you pursued all along? Like you knew as a young, as a young child that this, this was your calling? Yeah. There were several other things that would catch my attention a little bit, um, but my mom would remind me, <laughs> well, you're going to have to cut back on dance. Oh, never mind then. Um, so that, yeah, that, that cured me of, do not of doing other 
things because I was able to do okay, other things. Okay. Yeah, it really taught me how to prioritize what I wanted in life. Yes. Okay. And Anthony, what what were your first first dreams growing up? Like you know, you know, all young all young boys have that one big big goal. So what what was yours? Yeah. You know, I I it's funny. I always wanted to be an international pastry chef. I thought that was a very interesting job. I felt like the people you served and the brought and the things that you did brought joy. But at some point when I was younger, my father taught me how to clap to music, and I had very good timing. And I eventually found myself um, at a dance studio. So the universe kind of put tap dancing into my life. And I don't know if it was my dream to tap dance, but it was Jeff definitely something that gave me a lot of joy. And tap dancing kind of took me, yeah. kind of took me and said, you know what, since, since um, you don't have something that is the thing that's calling to you yet, we're going to make this your thing and you're going to have an incredible life because of it. You're going to meet incredible people. You're going to go on a wild, wild journey and you're going to get to be, you know, one with the best of the best of the world. And while it wasn't my dream as a kid to be part of, you know, the grouping of the best tap dancers in the world, that's where I wound up. And it's an unsuspected dream. I'm true. See, and it's actually it's actually correlated because you wanted to be an international pastry chef because you wanted to bring joy to people, and now you're you're bringing joy to people through the art of tap dancing. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so it's like yeah, it's like that's why I like to, I like to get the why on me. I, I always ask people what they wanted to do as a child because somehow it always correlates to what they're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know. absolutely. It's it's crazy how those different threads in your life will interweave themselves in and out of each other, and sometimes they just line up really well, and yes. you hit the nail on the head. That that was my unsus unsuspected but very welcome and joyous experience. Yes. See, and and again, that's why that's why I, I asked the questions that I asked because there's people watching. Oops, I got a comment here. Oops. My sister. Good morning. Good morning, Monique. <laughs> you know, but it's like for, it's like for the people watching, you know, there are people that they're in something that they don't want to be in. You know, whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a, a strain, a strained relationship with a parent or a child, like they're in something that's holding them back. And then it's stories like these that can help help them take the steps to get to where they want to be. Right. So Stacy, so Stacy, so for for you, like so you knew you always had the passion. When did you know it was gonna be a career? And what steps did you take to make it a career? Well, I, I was lucky at the studio that I grew up at. Um we always had exposure to professional like New York based, Chicago based, LA based, whatever teachers. Um I just, I don't, I can't really explain how I knew. I just, I was debating, to be honest with you, I was debating whether to go to college for performance or not. Mm. And I felt like I would be spending my prime performance years doing modern, <laughs> which I didn't really want to do. Um, or I was going to go to a, um, a school called AMDA, which is a musical theater um, based school. But yeah. 
I felt like I was able to get all of the knowledge and skills that I needed prior to going to college, which isn't really true for a lot of people a lot of times. Depends on who you are. Uh, yeah, I, I was extremely lucky with where I came out and who I ended up being around. Right place, right it time. It just kind of, yeah, it just kind of all fell into place. And I realized that I didn't need college to, I went to a college prep high school. Um, so telling the counselors at the college prep high school that I wasn't going to college, they couldn't comprehend uh, what I wanted to do. Um, there was another girl who I grew up dancing with two years older than me who also went to the same school. And they were like, are you like her? And I was like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, they, they didn't like that, but it was what, you know, worked for you. me. Suited yeah. You. Yeah. Yes. See, and I do, I do another show on Mondays at 11 and yesterday's topic was, does your grade point average, is that an accurate indicator of your intelligence? And we had, you know, a nice one, one hour conversation <laughs> about that topic. Cause me, I dropped out of college three times, you know, because yeah. it's not just cause, you know, I couldn't do it or like, I'm, I'm a visual learner. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I need, I need hands-on, I need workshops. So I, I went all over the country, coast, coast to coast, going to masterminds, going to, to workshops, you know, going to trainings and everything that I needed to learn about marketing, branding. And now I have people with marketing degrees coming to me for marketing advice. Yeah. <laughs> See what yeah. I mean? So, so it's like when I speak in schools, I, I tell the kids, you know, if, if college is your thing, go. You know, like I would never say don't go. But if college right. is right. not your thing, you can get to where you want to be from another avenue. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. we got we, we got to stop telling kids that if you don't go, you're going to amount to nothing because that's not, mm -hmm. that's not true because yeah, everybody learns. Yeah, everybody learns differently. That was yeah. definitely part of my struggle. I felt a little bit of pressure to go to college. Yeah. Um, there was only one of my siblings went to college and she got her master's. But like, I, I don't know. I just I felt a lot of pressure yep. to go to college. And I knew deep down I didn't need it to do what I wanted to do in my life. And I have to say, I love what you did, Robert, because there is no substitute for real world experiences. Yeah. yeah real I world experiences will teach you about the real world. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. hundred percent. And I, so I, I had two other guests on the show yesterday and I asked them both. I said, re real question. I said, you are, you are a hiring manager, whatever it is. I said, if you get someone fresh off of a master's degree, with no experience, or you have someone without a degree but has ten years experience, which one do you take? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean. So like it's it's a catch twenty two because if you go for for the one that has all the knowledge but they don't have the first hand experience, so you take the one that may, that may not have but they have a ten year body of work <laughs> that you right. know what you're gonna get. You know, so sometimes it's just it's just very overrated. But all right, Anthony, let's get in get into you. So you said that you you were starting to have some health issues. What were you dealing with? Hmm. You know, um, I had two very specific problems. Mm -hmm. First thing was I discovered that I was internally bleeding, which was very scary and odd when it happened to me. And I tried to get some um, some help. I was on the road at the time, and the first doctor I saw. 
indicated to me that this was back in the late nineties. Listen, you're a male dancer. You're young. Are you coming to grip, you know, you know, check me out and said, are you coming to grips with the fact that maybe you might be gay and having intimate relationships with other men and you can't face that? And I was like, man, my whole life people have, you know, oh, you're a boy and you're dancing. You must be gay. You must be gay. And I'm like, mm. listen, I don't judge other people for their lifestyles, but, you know, throwing a label on someone and it's not who they truly are. Yeah. It's confusing. It's painful. It's lonely. So that, and that was younger in life to have that happen to me later in life. When I went to a doctor really made me, you know, um, digress, uh, you know, go backwards in my healing experience at the time. So I just kind of put it behind me and moved forward and it was in and out thing. So I, I managed it the best I could myself. Eventually I also, my body started changing and out of nowhere, you know, I'm a dancer I put on 35, 40 pounds, and I didn't know where it was coming from. I was eating the same way I always did. And between the internal bleeding and my body changed, at that point, it was like, I have to do something. I'm dying in real life, and I can't get help. And some medications, so, right? Yeah, and medications were thrown into the mix, and medications didn't always help me. I see my, uh, Monique throw through a narrow-minded doctor. That's one of the things that we experienced. Um, and mm -hmm. without getting too ahead of myself, you know, I learned that I had to be an advocate for myself. I learned that not every doctor is the right doctor for me. That doesn't mean I'm like, oh, doctors, no, no, no. If I break my arm, I'm going to a doctor. They need to set the bone. But if I go to doctors and all they offer me are solutions that have to do with prescriptions that have side effects that could make my conditions worse or exacerbate things. Don't affect the root cause. And don't affect the root cause. That's not a good solution for me. So, you know, without getting into all the solutions and where it led me, those troubles made me realize that I needed to go further and seek more help. And the traditional methods weren't working for me. Yeah. So, you know, you can't dance when you have an extra 35 pounds. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can't you can't have a good mental state when, you know, you go to move your bowels and all of a sudden there's blood underneath you. That's a very scary, scary thing. Yeah. I, I discovered that my grandmother had colitis. So that eased my tension a little bit, knowing that maybe some things ran in the family. But it took me about 20 years before I finally started getting answers and results. And let me, ultimately, let me, let me jump in real yeah, quick. Sorry. Yeah, please. Just, no, just please. I, I want to just emphasize something that you said, which isn't said enough. And I actually had this conversation in my gym earlier today about advocating for yourself. Like that's, that's huge because too many times people will just go to one doctor and yeah. then whatever yeah. that one doctor tells them, that's what they run with. Forgetting that yeah. there's there's levels there's levels to this, and you know like I was told I would never run a jump again, and I just did my 136th race last Saturday. You know what I mean? Because I was like, okay, so you're out of my circle. <laughs> it's like I, I want to find someone who can fix what I have. You know what I mean? Right. So I just wanted to, to emphasize that because too many too many times I see it, people get one diagnosis and they hang their hat on that one diagnosis. Yes, that's right. That's right. I mean, I've never been diagnosed, but I've found solutions yes. for my problem. So yeah. what ultimately, it's like the college thing. What's really the most important thing? Yeah. Going to college or finding a thing that's going to advance your life. So what's the most yeah. important thing here? Getting a name for whatever the heck's going on with me or fixing it. For me, yeah. it's fixing it. <laughs> yes. All right. So so take take me through... The process. So, like, how did you first find out that you were internally bleeding? I found out I was internally bleeding. I had just signed a contract to do a show called 
tap dogs. I was going to be on, I think it was a nine month contract originally. And we got to California. We're in, we're about two weeks in. And honestly, I mean, it's not the prettiest thing to talk about, but it's fact. And what you put in you is what makes you up. Something I put in me made me internally bleed. And I knew that when I moved my bowels, it was, I had a pain in my uh, abdomen and I had blood in my stool and it was a lot and it was scary. And that started the process of, Holy crap, what the hell What's just happened happening to, me? to me? What's happening to me? And that, you know, I was young. That I didn't want to tell anyone what happened first because it's scary. I don't have my family around me. I'm all alone. You know, I'm all alone because I don't know all these strangers I just signed on to work with <laughs> for the next nine months. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it happened to me two or three times. And I was like, okay, I have to tell someone. I talked to my company manager. She brought me to a doctor within, you know, a reasonable time of me making her aware of the situation. And that's when I found the doctor who, man, still to this day, I just shake my head to think about that, that I'm, that I'm, I'm a young kid, you know, trusting the system and the system failed me to the point of a man who went to, went to massive schooling to get the, the right to be a doctor and the diploma their suggestion was because they didn't have the answer right away was that it was just part of my, my sexual lifestyle. That was devastating. Mm-hmm. And that, that wow. really made me, you know, not want to continue going to see doctors. But like we were just talking about, you need to see the right doctor. You need to see the doctor that's going to be right for you. Stacy taught me looking for functional medicine doctors, functional medicine will, you know, that title typically will help you find a doctor that thinks outside the box, but, but looks at the root issues that could help you heal, you know? So I went through the whole process of going through that. And then, you know, at one point I was also diagnosed bipolar ADHD and I was prescribed a lot of medication. That was my relationship with prescribed medications and it was hurting my heart. So I eventually removed them and discovered by taking out high fructose corn syrup, that one thing, helped me calm my life down. And that was the beginning of me discovering what I put in me drastically affects myself and my everyday life and how my body reacts to things. So, Yeah, see, ab- absolutely with the, with the doctor part, because my, my primary care doctor now is also a sports physician. I was like, uh-huh. I've, I've, I've been an athlete my entire life. So even now I'm almost 47, but I still play basketball. I play softball and volleyball on Sundays. I still run track meets. I do obstacle races. Like I'm a very, very active person. And remember my old doctor, this is going back like maybe 20 years ago. And I was like having issues with my knees. He's like, Oh, just stop running. I was like, (laughs) yeah, this will be my last day in this practice. And, and I went and I found my, I found my doctor now, like I said, because he's a sports physician. I told him, I said, listen, your job is to keep me well enough to do what I love doing. I That's said, right. if, yeah. it, if it takes me out, it takes me out. <laughs> I was like, but I am not going <laughs> to stop doing what I love to do. You know, so yeah. if I end up blowing out my knee and I'm confined to a wheelchair, I said, then I'll compete in the wheelchair Olympics. I said, I said but I'm going to keep competing. I, I'll be in there in a, the World Series of poker, right? Because I'm, I'm a competitor. Yeah. It, is what, it is what it is. So I'm going to use every inch of my body. And then your job is to keep me strong enough to do what I love doing. Don't tell me to stop running. Don't tell me to stop jumping. Don't tell me to stop competing. Like it's not right. working that way <laughs> at all. I hear you. I hear, I, I feel you, Robert. I feel you. <laughs> um, Stacy. so take me through how you met Anthony. 
Well, it was through dance. Um, I'm sure everyone knows there are plenty of groups on Facebook for whatever you want to <laughs> be in a group for. Yep. <laughs> Literally everything. Um, so there was a dance teacher group and we interacted in there a bit. The owner of the group decided she wanted to get as many people together as she could get together and sort of just exchange you know, IRL. ideas. Yeah, IRL. In real life. She wanted um, <laughs> to get people together in real life. <laughs> and exchange ideas, help one another, you know, with whatever works for you in your classroom, take some classes from someone else because a lot of teachers don't get to take their own classes for themselves a lot of times. Um, so Anthony was there. I was there. And we met there and um we created our own group um with a different sort of feel um a, a global feel and we wanted it to be a little more camaraderie style within the group and so we ended up working together on that so we started really working together at first um, I was in Chicago. I, I knew that after I left Sesame Street Live, it was a choice, Chicago or New York. <laughs> and being from Kansas City, I chose Chicago because it was a little closer to home. I could easily visit and it was a little bit cheaper than New York. Yeah. So I chose Chicago, but always in the back of my brain, was New York saying, no, 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 hello, I'm here. You can't forget about me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I had done all kinds of things in Chicago. I found massage school. I became a massage therapist. I did personal training, everything. And still New York wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> so I decided I needed to move to New York. So I moved to New York. Yeah, And, and then we started hanging out like together personally in New York. Um, and then it just sort of went from there. And that's how we met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Monique, Chicago is cold. You are right. But so, but so is New York. <laughs> New yes, York it is. Cold too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so I, I only went to Chicago once, but I got the full appeal of why they call it the Windy City. Oh my Lord. Remember walking down the street and it's like, <laughs> Something out of a movie. The wind was so strong that day. You like, know wow. why they really call it the Windy City? Why? Like how it first got the name? Because rumors spread quickly. Politicians. Yeah. Ah. Politicians had to talk. And it was okay. the Windy City because they were constantly, yeah. But it fits okay. the other way, too. But it fits, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Works, works both ways, man. Works both ways. <laughs> Mundi said it's not Chi-Town cold <laughs> in New York. No. Oh, New York. Yeah, it's... No, it's not. We don't... We, yeah, it's different. It's different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's like being here in Rhode Island. Now, I'm only a couple hours south of New Hampshire, but it's a whole different world up there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A whole different world. Yeah. So 
like I'll take yeah. our thirty-five degrees. You guys keep that negative ten. <laughs> so <laughs> even the moose, even the moose find it cold up that uh, up that way. Yes, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> All right, so Anthony, let's switch back to you now. So you're having these health issues. You start making some changes, and just take me through through that process of how you found out that food is your prescription. Well, that brings me to like twenty years later. Uh, Stacy and I had met at this point and we were going on a summer tap tour, like the thing that we're doing now. We drive around for the summer and Stacy had suggested to me, why don't you cut out gluten and dairy and see what your body does? And I was ready for a change. So I did. I spent that summer cutting out gluten and dairy. When I did that, um, I lost 35 pounds in about two months. So that was an indication that something drastic was happening. Yeah, exactly. That was an indication that something drastic was happening to me and my body was was receiving that well. And my bleeding was lessening and stopping sometimes during that period. So I knew I was onto something. Cut to the end of that summer, coming back home to New York, there was a doctor, Dr. Robert Cucciato, who was actually a friend of mine from when I was a kid uh, and and wrote the forward in our book, Dr. Gucciato is also my chiropractor. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing him prior to going out on the road because he took care of me for, you know, through dance. And when I got back, he said, man, you actually, you, you're really committed to this. I think it's time that we give you a nutrition response test. And I was like, what's that? He said, well, I'm not just a chiropractor. As you know, I'm also a nutritionist. And I can administer this test that will test your body and your organs and tell, tells me what your body likes, what your body doesn't like, what your body's lacking, what your organs need, which organs are weak, which organs we could strengthen. It was a very non-invasive test. There was no taking of blood. There was no scratching of my skin. There was no pain or uncomfortable situation involved. At the you end didn't of have it, to feed yourself food that was poisoning you for two weeks before you had a test. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, I was saying. Okay. Yes, I didn't have to feed myself. Any- yeah. I guess you're referencing. So yeah. let me let me let me explain that. So if you need to take a celiac test, people need to t- need to eat the thing that hurts them in order to take that test. So that's an that's an invasive test. So we're not a fan yeah. of tests like that. And, and I would rather not have to take a test that's going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Going back to what what happened in that situation, I took the nutrition response test and it fed me back all this information. I was able to put dairy back in my life, but the test also told me how to avoid soy and corn. Once I followed the test results and started taking a couple of supplements, Mm -hmm. now my results started getting even better. My heart got stronger, the, the bleeding even lessened, and at this point, I'd have to say that I used to bleed 99.9% of the time prior to that experience. Now, I mean, I still see signs of it. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll slip or something will get into my diet that doesn't belong there. Not because I'm cheating. I don't believe in a cheat day. Um, but the results were astounding. I've lost weight. I feel better. My body feels better. I have more energy. And I'm almost, yeah, my joints, there was less inflammation in my body and the results proved to me that I needed to stay on that path. That path and learning that after waiting 20 years for some sort of answer is what kind of led us to you know, writing the book because at the time we were in Facebook looking at different groups and every day, every day, I just discovered I have to go gluten-free. I don't know what to do. I'm scared. Or my daughter has to avoid corn and soy and I, and I don't know what to do. How do I do this? And we realized that there was a disconnect between what doctors were telling people 
how they can find success with that information. So we being dance teachers and loving people and always being people that helped other people. We were like, you know, people told me, you're going to write a book about your life. You hung out with Stevie Wonder. You worked with, that, with Natalie Cole. You did Earth and Fire. You're going to write a book. You did all these things. You've been all 50 states. You hung out with princes. You worked with Shirley Bassey. That's crazy. you got to write a book. And it was at that moment that my life kind of came together. I went, oh, i got to write a book. Yeah. So we wrote a handbook to help people get to that place that I got to, hopefully instead of 20 years in 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. So, All right. All right. So, so let's pause. Let's pause there. Yeah. 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 You gotta right. stop me. Otherwise, I'll keep going. I don't shut up. You gotta stop me. <laughs> All right. Let me let me go back to Stacy. So, as yeah. as his as his wife, I, I mean, I I don't know if you guys were married at that that point, but just as as his significant other, what was it like watching him go through the transformation? Well, great question. Nobody asked that was, question. That's a good question. <laughs> I get deep. I, <laughs> yeah, man. I had very strong suspicions about what would help him um, with the struggles that I saw um, living with him every day. And I had made those changes for myself about pr- five years prior. Um, so I knew what kind of a struggle it was. And I knew it was hard. I knew it was a mental game. It wasn't, you know, anything but that. And I tried to help him understand that you have to look at the thing that's harming you as literal poison. Yes. Um, so because then then your mindset changes and you're like, well, no, of course I don't want that. Why would I want to poison myself? Mm. Um, so I think that that along with, I was watching a summit, a thyroid summit. And one of the people, one of the presenters there was talking about the cheesecloth that lines your stomach and your intestines and how even if you're not reacting to gluten, it's still tearing holes in your cheesecloth, no matter what. And particles of of other things, other proteins are getting into your system and causing leaky gut. And between the information that I had given him or I had imparted to him and a little bit of the chiropractor had told you, I think a little bit before, not too much, but a little bit. And him hearing that, I could definitely see a light bulb went off for him. And he definitely changed his approach. And and I think that's, that was really where and being open to that so he had already eliminated the high fructose corn syrup so already being open to changing what you're putting in your body was key because a lot of people aren't open to that um initially when they first hear about stuff like that it's oh you want to do voodoo and whatever else you know like i can't believe but if you remember back before medicine became what it is now it was food it yeah. was food so i mean so we're, <laughs> you know yeah so it, it was nice to see him change like that like become a better version of himself that's awesome see that that was why i wanted to get your perspective like my my father he got he got sick a couple couple years ago and uh, he ended up passing right before covid 
And I would constantly go to my mom and be like, how are you? And she's like, it's like, I'm fine. She's like, you know, I'm not the one who's sick. I'm like, no, 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 no. i like, trust me, you're masking caring for him. You're masking your own feeling. You know, it's like, I'm yes. sure, I'm sure you feel a certain way. Like, I feel a certain way watching my dad slowly wither. You know what I mean? I'm sure. Yeah, my, it's hard my watching will... someone suffer. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So like, so while he was going through it, you know, what you were feeling and seeing at that time, it's, it's relevant to the story. No, so it's kind of shocking that no one's ever asked you guys that before because it's yeah. very relevant to the story, you know. So, so now you get the idea, you want to write the book, right? Just take me through through the, through the process of getting it written. Not so much the contents mm-hmm. yet. Like, we'll we'll end off with that. But what was the process of getting it written? You know, um, I love my notes on my phone, and I have a couple of notes on my phone that when I have thoughts. I put them into the appropriate note. Uh, I wound up with more and more and more thoughts on this subject. And I had said to Stacy one day, you know what? I'd like to share this note with you. And <laughs> I, I want to see what happens when I gave it to you and you organize it into groupings. And that's what happened. She organized my thoughts and some of her thoughts, of course, into groupings. Well, and it led then me to put started, my thoughts in with his. Yeah, yeah. And then she started adding her own thoughts to my thoughts. And then it went from a note into, hey, let's, if we had to put these into chapters, how would that work? And I came across on social media, an old friend of mine from uh, from high school, mm-hmm. Ben Goya, Ben ben Joya, if you're out there listening, thank you very much. And he helped us get on the path of how do you take these thoughts and feelings and collect them into a book? Uh, Influence with a Heart is his book. And we then followed that, that part of the journey and just slowly but surely, we realized it became this handbook and we call it a book, but it's really a handbook because it's short and sweet and simple and full of a lot of information that's going to help people make their lives easier. So I like to call it a handbook, but that journey of experiencing the thoughts and taking them, like you said, Robert, going deeper. I'm a deep person too. There's always little Easter eggs and things hidden around. I got my tree of life on, Uh, you know, art is essential, which is an important message to me. So all those things are part of my life, and I think that we just went deeper. The same way you go deeper with people and get to the bottom of things, we went deeper. And the deeper we went, the more this presented itself mm-hmm. as a yeah. valuable uh, collection yeah. of information that we could put together to help others. And who doesn't want to help others? I mean, some people want to help others. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I'm interested in people like you who want to help others because, you know, that's that's a great that's a great gift. You know, helping yourself to be the best version of yourself includes the idea of helping others and providing space for them to become the best versions of themselves. Yes. See, one of the best things that that has been said so far in these last 40 minutes was, was just said by Stacy when you said, why would I want to poison myself? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. I, I deal with that in the, the fitness space all the time. Yes. Like yeah. when, when, the, when the gym got shut down and we switched to virtual classes now, a couple people were like, oh, the virtual do- doesn't work for me. I was like, but putting on weight does? Yeah. Hey, did you like, even try? You know what I mean? It's she, like, it's like, you, it's like yeah. you just put on, I had this one woman, she put on 18 pounds. I said, so mm. all the work that we did pre-pandemic, yeah. you let that go out because yeah. you weren't feeling the virtual classes. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that, we yeah. just now. Yeah. 
Yeah, like we just now got got her back to doing a full unassisted pull-up, which she was doing four to five beforehand. So you let all oh. that go over that. <laughs> you know? it, was, it was very interesting. I'm sure it's a whole conversation itself. But it was very interesting to see how different people handle this different ways. Some people yeah. went into this and were, and were, you know, you know, hoping for the normal to come back. Some people went into this and they were like, "I don't care what's coming next. I'm just going to forge ahead, no matter what life has to bring. I know that I could still do good, and I'm going to do good no matter what." Being dance teachers, we dealt with a lot of um, different approaches to zoom and we found a way to make it a better experience and to mm-hmm. get the most out of it rather than looking at it and saying, ah, I don't want to do this. I'm going to give up on everything and just go sit over there in a corner and, <laughs> until we come out of this. And that wasn't our approach either. So I, I totally feel you. When I found your podcast, I was very excited about your podcast because I, I man, I, I really feel you. you got great energy. I love what you do. And it's really nice to be sharing time with you here today. Oh, thanks. My, my, my pleasure. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So like cool. with the, with the pandemic is when I started this is like, they, they shut the gym. Ah. Well, I, I actually pulled out, pulled out of the gym before it, it was mandated. Cause I, I knew it was coming. I saw what was going on in China and Italy and Spain. I yeah. was like, well, it's only a matter of time before it hits here. So, so, so let's just get ahead of the bubble. But then in my spare time, I was like, you know what? I've always had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to, to do a podcast. So I was like, let's just start it now. No, I, yeah. I had no no idea really how to do it. I'm like, where am I gonna find people? And it just it all just clicked. Like uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, when you're focused on something, the universe clears a path for you, and yeah. it really did. It completely. And I've been doing virtual talks like all over. Like I was on Australian news news four times yeah. now, and like I was just on a national TV TV show a couple of days ago, all from just starting. I wasn't ready. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't have all the knowledge. I didn't have all the equipment, but I had a phone with a camera, <laughs> and yeah. I started. <laughs> you know, and now we're cool. here with you, fine people, sharing your story. So yeah. let's talk, now let's talk about, about about the book. How how'd you come up with the name? You know, it's funny. We you went see, through several titles. Yeah, you see, <laughs> I think for me personally, there's a lot of commercials about. Take this drug and it's going to solve all these problems, but then it has a list of yes. side effects, right? <laughs> yes. So, yes. Yeah. So yeah, death, coma, runny nose, loss of sight, <laughs> you know, <laughs> loss of limbs. So yeah. the funny thing to me was when I took other prescription drugs, the side effects were sometimes not worth what benefits you're supposed to get from it. But yeah. when I took food as a solution or a mm-hmm. prescription, the side effects were positive. You know, positive. They were loss of weight, increased energy, you know, um, stopping of internal bleeding, you know. So it just kind of made sense. And as we talked about the book, like it, it just it just became a thing. It's like, what do you do to solve this problem? You take a prescription. Well, what's your prescription in this case? Food. <laughs> Food is my prescription. So yeah. it just it just kind of rolled off the tongue and quickly became what we said. And when we said it to a couple of people, like, oh, that makes sense. I like that. I like that a lot. Or it caught people's attention. And, you know, it's some conversations are very hard to have with people. Like you said, some people ask you for you, the truth, but they don't want to really hear the truth. And then when they hear the truth, they run the other way or they can't accept it. So this was our truth. And, and it was an acceptable truth. And, you know, we wanted to lean into it. So it, it made sense to make it that title. And we stuck with it. And if we would have said 
something like a book title called, hey, cut gluten out and soy and this and that. Mm-hmm. Now, people would have been like, well, I don't know how to do that. That seems too hard. I'm not interested. It makes them want to push the thing away from them. We wanted a title that was going to make people lean in. And this yes. title made people lean in. And it gave – it left them open-minded enough to help themselves instead of putting them in a position of closing their mind because it was too challenging or overwhelming, overwhelming to accept. So yes. we, this title is what we want with. Yeah, see, and, and that's exactly how I came up with, with, with mine. But it was like 12 years ago – I used to do a show on blog talk radio called shut up and exercise. And uh-huh. cause like I, I was an athlete. I've always been, been an athlete. I was an all American in track and field and to get to be amongst the best, you have yeah. to perform at a high level. Like you have to train at a high level. You have to think at a high level. You have to fuel your body at a high level. So with shut up and exercise, you know, people would come to me and be like, all right, Here's here's the blueprint A B C D. If you want to get it done, this is the blueprint. And then yeah. people would come to me a couple months later. Rob, you know, I still I still can't drop these last ten pounds. Are you drinking enough water? Are you getting enough steps? Are you training three to yeah. five feet? It's like I gave you the blueprint. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I said so. Now this is where you have to grind. I was like, here's the blueprint. Now you gotta grind. Like shut up and grind. And like, and I just kept saying it so many times, so many times. I was like, you know what? I should just call the show Shut Up and Grind. Yeah, man. It's a great, it's a great title. It's a great title. <laughs> Thank you. See, and then people, like, you know, not everyone likes my style because I'm very direct. Like, when people come to me, I'm very, very direct. And so people will look at that title, and they, if there's someone that needs to be spoon-fed, they'll know this probably isn't the guy for that. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like, sure. exactly see i like your food as a prescription because you're right it does make you lean in and it makes you think well what does that mean (laughs) you know so again that's what that's what you want you don't want them to just see it you want them to pick it up you know what i mean so so that's so that's great so how did you structure how you were good good how you're going to do it you said you wanted to be like a like a play-by-play right on how to get the results that that you got so how did you structure your chapters well, we, uh, yes, we knew we wanted to tell our story so that people didn't feel alone. Yeah. Um, because you can't just give information on how to do something. You have to bring them along your journey first so that they go, oh, that sounds like me. Or I have a similar thing, but it's for X instead of Z. Yeah. Whatever the thing is. And... If you feel less alone, you're more likely to take the next steps in changing what you need to change. So once we were able to tell our stories, then we were able to tell people how we implemented the changes and what things we found useful in our journey, because they're literally different for every single person on earth. Yeah. Yes. So I, I think I think ultimately we talk about the big picture mm-hmm. and then we talk about like diet versus lifestyle because the word diet in our society is always like, oh, I'm going negative on negative connotation instead of this is my diet. This is what I eat. So yeah. that was an important thing for us to discuss. Because it's also not just what you eat, but. <laughs> sure. And then we, we talk about who we were and then we talk about some key elements and encourage people about we talked about you and 
we just talked about testing and the different kinds of tests. And you know, sometimes people don't want to go for another test because, like we said before, they could be invasive. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to talk about mindset, what the benefits are, and then towards the end of the handbook, and, and it's only about 72 pages of reading. The end of the handbook is more about, you know, like a food diary and, and giving people tools they could use themselves and, you know, explaining to people that you can successfully go out to eat again and how to do that. Not just telling them they can, but giving them the actual, like you said, blueprint so they don't feel lost. That This is an overwhelming thing to do. And then we finish it off with a couple of carefully crafted recipes because one of the things that I decided when I was going to eat like this is it's got to be delicious. If it's not delicious, I'm not eating it. I'm Italian. (laughs) I grew up in the kitchen. So at the end of the the handbook, we give people some recipes so that they don't feel lost and have to go about it on their own. And then in hopes that we're planning a follow-up book with, that's a cookbook. So, you know, we want to support people and empower them and enlighten them and give them the mindset they need to be successful. So we took that approach in the way we wrote the, um, the the handbook, how long it was, how easy it was to take in. Like, I mean, just one thing I'll tell you real quick, and then I'd love to hear another one of your questions because you're really good at that, is <laughs> people talk about, I can't eat this, I can't eat that. Mm-hmm. And they say it with this look on their, stress on their face, and I'm turning around and say, yeah, what can you eat? I tell people what I can eat. I can eat this. I can eat that. I have a whole new palate. It's only a 40, longer list than you think. <laughs> I have a whole new palate at 40 at forty something years old with a brand new list of spices to use that I didn't use before. Yes. So we, we apply that to the way that we developed the chapters and the way that we wrote the handbook. Love it. Yeah, so I was actually going to say that because with my with uh, my clients, I tell them, it's like, stop, stop saying you can't. Just say you don't yeah. want because by saying I don't want it, that's different. And especially if you're in that circle of friends where it's like, oh, I can't have fries. Oh, just have a couple fries. Oh, but yeah. and if you say I don't want to, it re- it registers differently with them and they'll be less likely to try to push you into it. Yeah, that that that's huge. And you're making my brain explode right now because that's something that I learned when I would sit down and the server at a restaurant said, can I get you some bread? And I would say, no, thank you. You know, they were like, well, you can't have it. I said, no, no, no. I don't want it because it's not yes. good for me. I, I, you know, I would love to have bread. It's just that it makes me, it, it hurts me. So I don't want it. Yeah, it goes back Different to why, why would I want to poison myself? <laughs> right. right. If, exactly. if bread hurts me, I do not eat bread. Yeah. <laughs> right. It also goes back to mindset. And I don't know if you um, teach about, if you live in the positive positive things will happen to you. And if you live in the negative, negative things will happen to you. So if you approach something from the positive side, you're more likely to have a better experience with whatever it is. And, And that's what the universe will hear as well. Rather than the universe doesn't hear can't, the universe doesn't hear don't. The universe only hears the thing. So it's going to bring the thing to you. The negative or the positive. That and then you know, so and then you're faced with with the opposition with the universe, yes. and you don't want to live life like that. No, that's called the law of attraction. Because yes. exactly, it's funny because people who don't believe in it, it still happens. It still yes. happens, right? It's not just with positive. So, like, if you're yes. someone who's who's a negative Nancy, and all you look for is drama. That's what you're gonna find. You're gonna find drama. Yes. And we're like, oh, see, this yes. law of attraction doesn't work. And like, oh no, it's working. 
Because you're going to Yeah, exactly. Right? You're Why literally you proving me correct. <laughs> oh, no, it's working. Yes. It's like, if I go out into the world and if all I'm going to look for is racism, I'm going to find it everywhere I go. You're going to find that's it everywhere. all I look that's for. Right. You know, like as yes. a, as a female, if you go out and all you look, all you all you gonna look for is men or like chauvinistic men, you're gonna find them everywhere. You're gonna find them. Yeah. <laughs> but if you yeah. look for opportunities, you're gonna find opportunities. You know, so like yes. whenever I hear people say of any whether it's color, gender, religion, like oh, there's no opportunities for us, like that's some BS. I'm like, there's <laughs> opportunities for everyone if you. If you shut up, right? If, if you shut up and, and look and look for them, right? You'll, right? you'll find you'll find whatever you look for. You will find it, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh God! All right. So, what's what's what are the key takeaways? Like out of your whole book, out of all seventy-two pages, what's the key takeaway? Well, we already said one, which is be an advocate for yourself. We we yes. really try to enforce that. Uh, I'll say it, uh, one that one that I think is crucial is having something called a food card. We okay. in this pro- what, what you asked what her experience was observing me through this process, but there was also things that I observed about Stacy. And one of the things I observed was everywhere we went and every time we went out, she had to explain herself to the server or the host of a party or a family member planning food what her allergies are, which she can't have, which she can't have, over and over again. Mm-hmm. So eventually I said, you know what? I took the idea of a business card and I put her name on one side and said, hi, my name is Stacy. I have these food allergies. And I wrote the food allergies down. And on the other side, I wrote down, here are things that I can have. So on one side, it was what she couldn't have. On one side, it was what she can't have. And we started the idea of a hashtag food card. And having that food card, I think, changed her life a bit because whenever we sit down somewhere now, instead of having to explain herself, she could just hand her food card to a server. Or if we're going to a relative's house, she could take a picture of both sides and text it to them so they don't have to go back and forth a million times with what you can and can't have. And that's a great what idea. That, is, that, that starts to alleviate stress and pressure for the person with the allergy. So we have a – gosh, there's a there's, – Quite a few things in the in the handbook like that, Robert. And without me listing them all out for you, um, that one's a really important one. And do you have any yeah. in particular? Is it read uh, this? Is I would say the biggest takeaway is you can do it. Yeah. Um, it may seem extremely overwhelming at first. I got this big old printout of things the first time that I saw someone in relation to this. And I was like, well okay, I guess it's time to make my grocery list, Uh, you know, and you really can do it. And there's plenty of people out there who are doing it and who go through it every single day. Yes. And it's becoming easier. I tell you, 11 years ago, when I first started this journey, there was very few places to go and you know, outside of my house. Um, Now it's so much more prevalent. It's so much easier to find the things that work for you. I think Monique just said something about she has a hard time or weakness with food. Mm. If I didn't have her with me, yeah, I'm so weak when it comes to food, (laughs) Monique. Um, You know, have you ever sat down and wrote down a list of healthy things, good things, things that would 
that you would find joy in, Monique, that aren't the typical things that you eat every day. That's when we talk about things like can't and words that we had used before. When I found out what I couldn't eat, I sat down and wrote a list of the things that I could eat. And that became my new grocery list. I found new restaurants that I hadn't gone to before. Like one of the greatest things that you could do is go to farm to table restaurants, Monique. Choose mm. if you have the time and the ability to go to different restaurants. When you go to farm to table restaurants, they know what's in their food. If you go to everyday restaurants that are just doing the thing and just trying to make it from today to tomorrow and doggy paddling through another day, <laughs> they don't know what, always what's in the food because they're just they're just another person on the planet trying to survive. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it means that they have a different relationship to the food that they're serving. So if, Monique, if people support you and give you ideas of what to eat and places to go, you may have a different experience. If you're alone in this journey, it's harder. And I can understand why you say that. Good, Monique. You should do that. You can do this, Monique. All of you could do this. You just need to find a network and a system of other people that can support you so that you mm -hmm. learn how strong and powerful you are and that you can support yourself. If you're left to your own devices and you're all alone, you may not feel that. But listening to Robert and and talking to people like us and engaging other people this way, you could do it, Monique. I tell you, you can. You are a powerhouse of a person. You've got this. So the first step of my process, and it's whether it's fitness or if I'm working with people in business, I do what's called a pain assessment, right? Because I yeah. tell people anything that you struggle with is because you're not in enough pain. Like you're okay with where you are. That's like if you stub your toe, right? You're not going to go to the doctor if you, stub your t if you stub your toe, right? But after a week, it's still hurting. It's like there might be something wrong, right? Then after right. a month... All right, maybe I should go to the doctor, but it took a month, you know, so so you dealt with pain for a month <laughs> before you went to go and get checked out. Say like that's that's the problem when it comes to fitness stuff. Like so someone will say, oh, I can't I can't, you know, button these pants. So they'll just go and buy bigger pants, you know, instead of addressing right. the issue. Right. Right. So right. Like, body changes. Yeah, so if you if you look in the mirror, like I was overweight one time in my life, and this was—I mean, I was still an athlete, but this was, but you know, before I got in, into fitness formally. But I was overweight one time. I got out of the shower. I caught my reflection. I was twenty—I was twenty-seven years old, and remember earlier I said I was an all-American. You know, I was in tip-top shape, and what I saw back in that mirror, I was mortified. And I made a decision that day. I will not yeah. ever be over 200 pounds again. Right? I was 228 mm -hmm. pounds. I was like, that will never, ever happen again. And it didn't. And I, and I had seven surgeries. Right? So even wow. with, every, with every one of those surgeries, like with my knee surgery, I was, on, I was at Planet Fitness on crutches. You know, crutching in between, in between machines, curl, crutching right. between machines, pull down. Right? I was like, I will not gain weight ever again you know and, and and i made i made that promise to myself see the problem with most people is when they make goals they're temporary it's like oh yes. summer's, summer's coming i gotta get a bathing suit on or i'm going right. to, to a family reunion i need to lose 15 pounds like mine is because i just like crushing life like being unhealthy yeah. sucks. Yeah. right yeah. being unhealthy sucks yeah. being in pain sucks not being yes. able to walk upstairs without without um I mean, and breathing losing your breath. Yeah, breathing heavy, right? That sucks. 
So if I if I eat well most of the time, and if I work out three to five days a week, I won't have to deal with any of that. That's you right. know what I mean? So it's like once people right. get the conviction like that, that's when they'll reach out to people like me, to people like you guys. But they have to reach to that point where they're like, I am done with this. And that's, that's right. when they'll move forward. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get fed up. It really, because even early on in my journey, I was like, I could have a cheeseburger every now and then. Regular, you know, regular bun, regular cheese. And I was like, why? Why am I doing this to myself? Why do I want to make myself feel like that? I just don't want to to make myself feel like that. I was, I got to the point where I was putting, um, oh, magnesium on my joints because they hurt so much because of the inflammation. It's like, yeah. I'm just masking the issue. So instead of the magnesium, just yeah. stop, stop eating the thing yeah. that's making you not yes. feel right. So but before we bring it down, so a couple of weeks ago, one of my clients comes up to me and says, uh, you know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rough, a rough weekend. I'm like, why? It's like, oh, because I have this party and this gathering. I said, so why is it why so, is it gonna, gonna, yeah. gonna be rough? Right? Why is it gonna be rough? I said, you, you still gotta be gotta, gotta drink your water. I tried to I said the people, the people make the party, not the food. Yeah. It's, it's like yeah. you don't you don't have to partake in the food. And so right. her response, her response, oh what, what am, am, am I gonna be the crazy person with a salad? I'm like, why is eating a salad crazy? Why is that crazy? Yeah. If you have goals, you have to do what's required to reach your goal, right? As an athlete. If, if I want to win my event, I have to train harder than my opponents, <laughs> right? So, so I'm going to have to do look at it as, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I just look at it as keeping myself healthy. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I, I love what you said. People make the party, not the mm-hmm. food. I am going yeah. to – I'm a tap dancer. Tap dancers traditionally steal steps from each other. But when we say steal steps, we mean the stuff that we like and appreciate. Honor and a tribute. <laughs> Gotcha. Something that we like and appreciate. And when I steal it, I'm going to tell people about Robert. So <laughs> I am going to say someone that I was lucky enough to have a conversation with, um, <laughs> Robert Foster, told said to me, people eat the party, not the food. And that's mm-hmm. something that everyone should remember. So that that is officially stolen, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. See, and my sister hit it right on the head. Like, that's the way our father raised us. I mean, both of my yeah. parents, but... But it was mostly dad. Like dad drilled those life lessons and those life skills into us. You know, like yeah. I, I speak out on on like race relations and race issues and stuff. And and I'll never forget what he said to me. Well, I think I was like nine or ten. He said, "People will see the color of your skin." He said, "But it's on you to help them see beyond it." You know. Yeah. So it's, and it's like that, and that's where where I got into. Nothing in this life can stop me. Nothing. You know, and so like I usually close every show by saying, you know, you you can't change the grade of the mountain, but you can make yourself strong enough to climb it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's no. great! No. You are you are good. You are good. I was we I was excited for this podcast today, Robert. That, <laughs> you got you awesome. got great. I was listening to some some of your other episodes, and 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 thank you, thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right. So, so again, we have your food as a prescription. Is that the direct link for the for the book? Uh, that will bring you to our website, and okay. then it'll, there is a link on our website. And then there's a link on the website okay. for the book. But 
We're on uh, Amazon.com, we're on Barnes & Noble, we're on Goodreads, anywhere that you could find books. If you have a bookstore local and you want to have a physical copy of the book, we definitely have an ISBN number. You could go into that bookstore and request the book, and they will get it into, uh, into the store so you can have a physical copy that you could buy from your local store if you're into more of a mom-and-pop thing. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to post this within my my fit fitness group because I have some of the w women are dealing with ailments and illnesses and all kinds of stuff. And so, yeah. I'm a, thank my you for sister, that. So you're stealing my words. My sister's stealing my words. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You hey, that, that means you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, we're, yes. we're, we're not really stealing your words. We're spreading. <laughs> we're, we're honoring your 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 thoughts, and we're and we're spreading that. No. That that message so that others will hear it, benefit. benefit from it, and hopefully find you. Awesome. I love it. I love it. All right. So give us a final word each, and then we'll bring this down. Who wants to go first? What's your final word? Oh, just one word? Trust. Trust. I'm, a, I'm sorry. My sister's but No, I'm stealing. <laughs> <laughs> trust. I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't have to. It, yeah, it doesn't have to be one word. Just like your final thought. Okay, yeah, what's the final trust word? in yourself. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and we've said it already, but but along with that, you 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 could do this. This this is easier than you know. Mm -hmm. And the more you know, the easier it will be. And that's and the more you of, do it, the easier it gets. Yeah, and that's kind of why we did this because. It took me 20 years to know everything that's mm -hmm. in this handbook. Yeah. And I don't want it to take 20 years for someone yeah. else. I want them to get a diagnosis that morning, go to the coffee shop, read this book that afternoon, and then rest their head easily when they go to sleep that night, knowing in the morning that they could tackle this and they could help themselves. Awesome. I love it. This was a great conversation. I loved having you guys on. Thank you for taking the time. I'll definitely spread the word with my, my network about, about your book. You know, hopefully we'll get get some sales out of it, and then maybe down the line, I'd like to check in with you guys again and see see what you're up to. Yeah, oh, that that'd be great. that'd be lovely. And I want to thank you for allowing us to help people step into their greatness because you truly embody that, mm -hmm. and we appreciate that. Thank you, thank you. Um, don't don't sign off because I want to have a quick chat with with you guys once we go okay. off the air. All right. Well, th <laughs> thank you for joining. Have a great day. Thank Bye. you. Bye, Monique. <laughs> yeah, and what he said, thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks. All right, so if you're tuning in late, make sure you go back and watch the whole thing. This was a great conversation. So if you're dealing with pain, if you're dealing with illness, if you're looking to break through, through a plateau, it's all in the food. Food and water, man, like that's all we really need. Like don't listen to all the outside noise saying you need X, Y, Y, Z, because you really don't. Think about it. If the world is as old as they, they say it is and the humans are have been around for as long as they say they have, and none of this stuff was around then. <laughs> Go back two, three, four hundred years ago. None of this stuff was around that they're saying that we need. It's all for money. It's all for money. So Go, go to, to this website, foodasaprescription.com. Check it out. See what they have to say. Do your research. If it resonates with you, pick up the book. Implement. That's the biggest thing, though. Don't just pick it up and let it sit on your shelf. Implement it. It works for them. It can work for you guys as well. 
All right, that's all I have for you today. I'll be back tomorrow with Rita for another great conversation about health and wellness. Have a great, take the banner off, Robert. I do this every single time. All right, here we go. Have a great day. (laughs) You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years' experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at robert underscore b underscore foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.